This is episode 68 of Fatalists, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. It's light outside, dude. It, well, not now, it's not, but it, oh, kind it has of. been. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of. Up here in the north, it is. Right. Well, it it is, you know, nice once... Uh, when spring starts to kick it in a little bit, it just took a little bit longer this year, but uh, now it's here. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Start so, to wear shorts uh, and stuff. Well, I haven't got to that point yet. Uh, we're still like going, you know, the thermostat back and forth because uh, at night it's still too hot upstairs. And then when we wake up in the morning, it's freezing. So back and forth. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. It's still this kind of like weird in-between type thing where yeah like at night we actually well we have to turn the heat on at night and then during the day you know it's off and then um so we haven't been able to go without you know turn the heat off for sure at all you know yet well welcome to the mid-atlantic i have not turned on the air conditioning yet though so all right so what else is going on in your world of sci-fi um not much Uh, game of thrones as we yeah, I'm before, still behind. I'm, I'm sure yeah, you stayed so, up and watched it. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm not gonna do any kind of uh, you know spoilers or anything like that. It's good, <laughs> and okay, now, I believe Warehouse 13. I think tonight. Yeah, now you've is, been keeping up with that. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. I think tonight's the last one, right? Yeah, series yeah, finale. That's really that's sad because that's that's you know it's a really good show, and you know here I, I would say I actually might do a take five, but in in a take thirty seconds, really what I love about Warehouse 13 is that it totally doesn't take itself too seriously. You know, it's like a sci-fi show with a lot of the sci-fi elements, but it's very much tongue in cheek and it's kind of goofy and you care about the characters a lot. You you remember when we did the pilot, right? I mean, you care about the characters a lot, but you don't take the plots too necessarily seriously. And it's all kind of silly. And the the resolution is almost always very silly, Um, but it's just a very lovable show. So it's going to be sad to see it go. Yeah, and obviously we've got another series finale that's, uh, you know, not leaving on... I mean, I I think Warehouse 13 is at least leaving on terms that, you know, I think the the, the fans felt like they got a full run of the show. Right, yeah, it didn't just, you know, stop in the middle of nowhere, you know, like uh, Revolution might potentially do. Well, and it certainly looks like that's coming up Wednesday. But uh, now, all right, let's talk real quickly about a season finale that I think we both saw, and we'll see how good we are at avoiding spoilers, and that is, of course, Arrow. Right. Now, okay, the writers of Arrow suck. And I say that with the utmost respect because the way they— mean they are good at what they do. But they suck. Yeah. I mean, you know what they did at the end, and do you know what I'm talking about? Because uh, we we didn't talk. Is about it the this thing that I it's let it's slip ha- to you beforehand inadvertently? Well, it, I don't know because probably not. And if it did, I wasn't listening. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, the thing with uh, Felicity. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. You know how they get out of it? They've got yeah. us. You know, he, yeah, he, they play he, a toy with you. Yeah, them. but it was it was brilliant writing. I mean, really. Yeah, like how they they did it, and they you think, oh, he, yeah, yeah. If you're a shipper, and you're yeah. a hardcore, uh, was it, uh, Elicity? Is that what they, they yeah, call it? Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, if you're a hardcore Elicity shipper, they just 
you know, played with your your heart. Yeah, and and we'll we'll leave it at that. But you know, it was almost like, the, and again, I didn't even notice it necessarily the first time. I went back and looked at it again. But it's almost like you know one of those deals in like in football where the wide receiver just kind of glances at the quarterback, and the quarterback knows exactly what he's thinking because you know they didn't talk about the plan yeah. ahead of time, right? It was all sort of improvisation. Yep, yep. Was- Although he he did have a he did have a plan, but she didn't know it. Well, I. I think she, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of think she did, you know, mm-hmm. like she knew, I, th- I think it, it seemed to me that she knew what was going on. Okay. But she, well, I don't, w- without spoiling too much, we've already spoiled enough as it is, yeah. I guess. So, so we'll leave it at that. Um, uh, now here, here's one. I, I, again, I, I haven't mentioned this to you, but uh, are you familiar with Assassin's Tale, the movie? Um, I'm trying, I don't think so. Okay, Anna Silk. Okay, cool. And I managed to get a copy off eBay. Oh, the, so this is a one that actually exists well, already. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So perhaps you know we'll we'll talk about it yeah. at work, but perhaps that's something we'll look at. Yeah, I watched the first. I watched the first ten minutes of it. Yeah, and I, I'll just I, leave I, it at that. If, okay, no, no <laughs> nothing to say about the. No, I'm not going to say anything, but so we'll just leave it at that. But but we did get a copy of it, and it's, and it's funny because I really haven't seen anything mentioned about it in you know the Lost Girl fandom. So I mean, it's I think I believe it's 2013 release, if I'm not mistaken. I could be, but well, let's 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 check it out. Okay, all right. Well, listen, I got just got one news item I want to throw out there. And, uh, you know, certainly we've talked many times about the CW being our favorite network. And, and although they cut some of their underperforming TV shows and left a lot of fans disappointed, <clears throat> Carrie Diaries, uh, the network has made room for some sci-fi offerings, several of which have been greenlit for the fall of 2014. Now, look, we know about the Arrow spinoff that Grant Gustin's going to be reprising his role as the super speedy flash aka barry allen yeah the young... actually while you're, while you're talking about this i just want to say okay. every time you'd say reprise yeah i, I thought you were pronouncing it wrong because i'd always yeah. said reprise you know yeah and yeah. so i like i finally looked it up i'm like i can't take it anymore if if, if dave is if it's reprise and and it's and i'm just unjustifiably going crazy and i found out that we are both right oh yeah but I think your reprise is actually the more accepted version. But I've always said reprise. So anyway. So in other words, I am. You are You are correct. Great okay, funk good. master. Good, good. All right. Now, <laughs> while Arrow is in the midst of a long developing story arc that obviously features a lot of dark characters. Yeah, they including... didn't wrap up nothing. Yeah, and that's, that's fine, though. That's, yeah, uh, exactly. That's okay. Cool. Uh, it, it, you know, it looks like Flash is going to be a lighter take on the DC comic universe, which is cool. I mean, very. I mean, we're getting a good feel for what light can be with Birds of Prey. Yep. Uh, now, what I r- didn't realize, and you probably did, because this is kind of in your uh, time period, is that this is the second attempt to bring Flash to the small screen, and that there was a previous show that aired in 1990 and 91 that apparently started strong and then just degenerated into... Batman era 1960s campiness. Yeah, I, I never, I never saw it. Oh, okay. But uh, so I'm not sure. I was, I was in college, so okay, I wasn't necessarily watching. You were doing other stuff. TV. All right. Yeah. Now, another one of the other shows. It's called I Zombie, and features a female zombie who needs to eat a brain once a month to maintain what's left of her humanity. 
but in doing so, she takes in the memories of the person whose brain she just consumed and then fulfills their requests and solves their mysteries for them. It's a zombie show and a procedural. And it, too, is based on a comic called Vertigo that ran for 28 issues. So yeah, I mean, it, it almost—remember the Sin Eater? Yes, of course. In, uh, uh, in uh, Sleepy, uh, Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems like it's got that kind of a vibe, which, you know, is kind of cool. And you know me, I'm not a big zombie fan, but I might give this a check out. Yeah, a little more—and we— uh, we talked about with the, the evolution of the zombie that this is where it's going with the, the zombie as hero now rather than the, the zombie as villain. Uh, it was bound right. to happen, and here we are. And In the Flesh, actually, I forgot to mention, is is back with its season two, though I haven't watched it yet. It's got waiting for me on uh, the DVR. Hmm, okay. All right. Now, the other show that, that I wanted to mention is uh, an NBC show, and it's based on a DC Comics property. And it's called Constantine. And the pilot, which was directed by Neil Marshall, features Matt Ryan as the title character. And Constantine centers on a supernatural detective battling inner and outer demons. Uh, joining Ryan's Constantine is Harold Perrineau, who played Michael in Lost. Yep, I'm, I'm there with you on that one. Okay. Lucy Griffiths, who was in True Blood and Robin Hood. And Charles Halford. Now, here's the official description from NBC. Based on the wildly popular comic book series Hellblazer... From DC Comics, seasoned demon hunter and master of the occult, John Constantine, uh, specializes in giving hell, hell. Armed with a ferocious knowledge of the dark arts and his wickedly naughty wit, he fights the good fight, or at least he did, with his soul already damned to hell. He's decided to leave his do-gooder life behind, but when demons target live, the daughter of one of Constantine's uh, oldest friends, he's reluctantly thrust back into the fray, and he'll do whatever it takes to save her. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, well, it sounds like the the, the Keanu Reeves movie from 2005. Well, it also, but, I mean, sounds a little bit like Supernatural to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit that I know of it oh, from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I actually saw this one. I, I think I saw this movie. Like, when you started saying, like, oh, that was a Keanu Reeves movie, I think. And then... Uh, I checked out. It is. I think I saw, but it was kind of like a really bad movie, if I remember correctly. Right. Well, hopefully this won't be a bad TV show. Well, so. you know, seeing as whose place it's taken, you know, don't you like feel a little bit like a, a chip on your shoulder about Constantine already? Uh, why? Whose place is it taking? Is it taking Revolution spot? Or oh, well, you mean it? Well, if that's the case, then. But I mean, like, you know, like, Revolution's getting the boot and Constantine's getting the green light. So it's like. Constantine is dead to me. <laughs> all right. Should well, I anyway. mentioned that? I'm sorry. Nah, that's okay. So. That's all right. All right. Well, listen, we, you know, we're here to talk about Birds of Prey, Episode 5, Sins of the Mother, aired on November 6th, 2002. But before we get to the episode, Wayne, I know you're going to talk about Black Canary. And look, I, 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 as we've said, I have very little background in the comics, but dude, I'm loving Black Canary. So why don't you give us a little bit of background? Yeah, Black Canary is like the one of the big DC badasses. And she's one of their earliest, certainly I think their earliest superheroine, one of their earliest superheroes, period. Uh, they first, she first appeared in 1947. Um, so there's actually, as we saw here, it's a mother-daughter type thing. The mother passes on uh, the mantle of Black Canary to her daughter. So the original Black Canary uh, was uh, Dinah Drake. And she married Detective Larry Lance. And 
she became Black Canary. She had uh, later on, she as we saw the Canary cry, uh, which we saw in this episode, became her superpower. Though at first she was just like kind of like a a Batman in spandex, or well, I guess Batman does wear spandex. Fishnet, I mean, because she wears like the fishnet stockings is kind of like her trademark thing. Um, obviously, trying to bring in that female audience to the comic books, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so she's the the black there for a while, and then um, her daughter. Who's also Dinah, but Dinah Laurel Lance rather than Dinah Drake Lance. Uh, in 1983, Dinah Laurel Lance becomes the Black Canary. And this is where her affiliation with Green Arrow comes in because she's romantically involved with Green Arrow. They actually um, marry, I think, ultimately. Um, and But it's a very rocky relationship between the two of them in uh and then the dc the came up with the birds of praise it was actually the tv show is based on the comic book series um and so of course she teams up with oracle and huntress in the birds of praise series um in the new 52 which we've talked about a number of times now uh she actually is the one who goes out and recruits the birds of prey so her maiden name is once again Drake now in, in the new 52. So the, the affiliation with Green Arrow and uh, Oliver Queen is is been no longer jettisoned. Right. And also, apparently, there was a, a, a storyline featuring him in Smallville, from what I understand. Was there? Yeah. Okay. That, and and, and the, the, the current show, Arrow, decided that, you know, they wanted to get a new actor, break away from that. And I'm glad they did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the more I, because again, like not much in the DC, but the more I, I read about how much uh, all this stuff about the old DC characters, it's kind of impressive how Arrow ties them all in like that. You know, like they really do a good job of bringing these characters in, having them being kind of like similar to the, the characters that they are in the comic books. So that that's it. That's, that's, that's my, uh, that's Project X for this week. Oh, all right. We've got sins of the mother, and that's ordinarily seen as the sins of the father, you know, the biblical reference. But, you know, sins of one generation passed on to the next. And we have some interesting reveals tonight. Well, the first one, Lori Lachlan, who's playing Black Canary. And you know what she was in, correct? She's been in a ton of things. Well, she was in Full House. I mean, that had to be her. Right. Well, I never really watched Full House. I saw that she... Dude, the... the, uh... Olsen twins, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I know what Full House was, <laughs> but at the time it was on, I wasn't watching shows with little kids in them. Yeah, I hear you. I, actually, I still don't, but, you yeah. know, like, I I kind of graduated from, from that. If they if they had gotten me, had I been born, like, maybe two, three years later, I probably would have been into Full House, but as it was. That was one of the dumbest shows I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I and, guess for uh, us. Oh, I mean, like, I can't say I've never seen it. I can't be like a total snob. Of course, right. I've seen it some. It was like a super popular show, right? You couldn't get away from it. Well, and to be honest, I was a little prejudiced when she first appeared in this episode. And, you know, it didn't take me long to really buy into her. And I, and I really liked her a lot. So, you know, I guess that's, that's uh, owing to her acting ability. But, you, look, you mentioned in Project X uh, about Black Canary and the, and the name Lance. And we've talked a little bit here and there about the connection between the characters from Arrow and the characters in Birds of Prey. And, uh, you know, there is, I don't even want to say a loose connection because there's a lot 
more than just a loose connection. But in Arrow, we've got Laurel Lance, but certainly we she is Dinah Laurel Lance. So, so what do we got? Is Laurel in Arrow going to turn into a superhero? That that's actually kind of what I've been wondering. as I was reading about you know Black Canary. That that was kind of what I was wondering. But I think maybe what they did is like Sarah obviously is the you know kind of like I think Sarah's going to be the one like the that's that's the superhero and. So what that character of Laurel Lance from the comic books, I think, is maybe translated over this. I don't know. Right. Who knows? So Laurel might be a superhero. Well, okay. Obviously, what this whole episode is about, it, it, it's about the relationship between Dinah and her mother, Carolyn Lance, a.k.a. the Black Canary, who abandoned her at the age of six to foster parents. And she's, as she says, hated her ever since. And I mean, you can understand that, but it's probably even more so it's that sense of abandonment. And, you know, we find out that at the age of six, she had exhibited no metahuman powers. And that, you know, it's your, your typical kind of petulant teenager. Like she's really kind of playing that up. But then, um, I mean, it's obviously a very complex relationship and, you know, like that, that abandonment issues, those, that's not something you just get over in a second. You know, right. Like if you abandoned right. your kid and you want to get back together with them and you just show up on their doorstep, don't expect them to be like, oh, awesome, mom, I've been waiting for you or dad, I've been waiting to see you in so long. And this is so great. You showed up because that's probably not how it's going to shake out. All right. And the other thing we find out is that the Black Canary was apparently one of the first female superheroes because, you know, both Huntress and Oracle, it's like, your mother's black canary yeah they're all kind of like starstruck by her. even uh with the, the, the gibbs gibson right in the yeah in the oh, bar yeah. is all like you know celebrity yeah but that was kind of a cool scene and and I, I don't know if you saw on facebook but you know a few days ago i just threw up a couple messages that you know we were working on this and and uh i found a youtube clip where it's the complete theme song of the show plus a bunch of images and dude, that that theme song is rocking for uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, I mean, we said before the music is pretty good and everything. Yeah, so. but 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 in this one, you know, it's that scene where you know they all see each other, and it's like your mother's black canary, and then boom, it hits right into the song, and it's like uh, uh, the best of the season so far in terms of a transition into the into the opening credits. All right, so it's also about though. Black Canary coming to terms with her daughter's life choices. And and at first, it just seems like this overprotective mother who doesn't want her kid playing with other kids. You know, and we learn it's a lot more than that. Right. Well, we figured if she's like some super spy hero and everything, and she doesn't want her daughter to do it, um, obviously she's experienced things that would, you know, want her to discourage her child from following in the same footsteps and which kids are ultimately going to do. Like, it's like this whole sins of the mother thing we get back onto that no matter what you try to do, you know, uh, kids will, or how often parents are like, I don't want them to be like me and the kids just like you. And it's just like, ah, you know, like you're supposed to be better than me. And and the kids like, well, but the kid just wants to be me. So right now, you know, at at first and and it starts the uh, title starts to make sense. We find out there was a specific incident that that caused her to abandon her child, if you will, and when she found C four under her six year old's bed, ready to blow up in an hour. 
Right. So, At which point I say, okay, so you're the bad guy here, right? And you're like, okay, so hmm, what's my best way to get revenge on Black Canary? Well, I'm going to put a bomb in here, but I'm not going to have it go off now. It's going to go off in like an hour. And, you know, it's just like, it's just like, you know, obviously not wishing any kind of violence on the child, but still it's probably a lot of things the bad guy in that situation could have done that blow them up now while you can well, yeah what could yeah or yeah yeah what resulted your end result obviously is for there to be mayhem and murder and uh your your plan was not a good one then right now the other thing we learned is that apparently one of black canary's uh mo's is that she infiltrates the bad guys and you know goes deep undercover i guess if you will and we find out that that this all stems from uh, incidents with the Hawk family. I like all the bird imagery. Right, exactly. And that she apparently caused or, you know, certainly the son feels as if she was responsible for the father's death. Well, as, and again, it's the same thing as, you know, the one generation, well, the older generation's effect, I should say, on, on the younger generation. And this guy who's consumed with revenge or I, this idea of revenge uh, for his father. And then, um, you know, Dinah, who is just trying to be herself, but ultimately is be- becoming just like her mother who, you know, obviously that's not her goal is to be like, Marcus, she didn't even know who her mom was, but you know, in, in that sense, so what her mother has passed down to her, has bequeathed to her is this metahuman ability. So there's almost like, it's inevitable. It's fate that she should, you know, follow in her mother's footsteps. Right, and it seems as if her her powers are even greater than her mother's. I mean, other than the, uh, you know, the the what do they call it? The bird, the canary uh, call, the canary call. Yeah, that's I pretty. Mean, does she have that's pretty uh, hardcore. Well, yeah, uh, you know, but other than that, you know, what does she have? The force. The force. Yeah. Okay. You, you, the. Uh, you know, she can move things or anything. It's just like in like. Star Wars. Oh no no no! I'm not talking. Oh, you're, about ta- oh, the, you're talking about uh, the Carolyn. Yeah. Black oh yeah, that's right. She just has the canary call. Right. And so, a rocking bod. Right. Right. Now the uh, the last thing in terms of coming to terms, you know, this episode, it's like both. I, I thought it was really interesting the dynamic between Barbara and Carolyn. You know, the mother and the mentor, and you know, I think to a certain degree, I mean, you saw a little bit of. Uh, I don't even know if jealousy is probably not right the right word on on both of their parts, but uh, maybe envy. You know that 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 Carolyn certainly envied the fact that Barbara, you know, really got to now not raise her daughter because she's only been with her a, a short time, but still gotten to know her daughter more than she did. Exactly. Yeah, and the fact that she is, I mean, Barbara is p- political enough or politic enough, I should say, to. So I'm not like her mother. I'm I'm more like a mentor, you know. But right. in reality, we we knew that, but we've said it before. She really is a mother figure right. to to Dinah, and and so yeah, obviously, uh, Carolyn's going to be kind of envious of that and everything. And I think on the other hand, Barbara is a little envious of just you know what Carolyn is, her as impressive figure that she is, you know. Right, and, and you've got the daughter now that's a budding superhero and granted she's pissed off at her mother tells her she's been angry at her her whole life but 
you know, I think Barbara's also maybe a little worried. I mean, what what daughter doesn't want to go with her mother? Yeah, you know, right, so, right. Well, one whose mom abandoned them is, is yep. one. All right. Well, let's talk about Dinah for a second. You know, the the one of the first scenes that we see her in, she's basically training with Helena, and I think one of the things that that struck me was just her determination to get good. And you know, it, it's pretty apparent that she's getting good. I mean, now well, she's, she's not, getting better. She's getting better, right? And, and and Helena makes that perfectly clear. You know, pretty good's going to get you killed. But right. that's the first time we see her telekinetic abilities, which was pretty cool. The what are those nunchucks? Nunchucks, or, yeah. That she moves from the wall and knocks the legs out from under Helena. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't see was, that one coming, did you? Nah, nah. So that was pretty cool. But but again, it's just like you know we're taking their relationship to the next level, where we talked about her as a big sister, and now where Helena was fighting her involvement every step of the way. Now she realizes, look, she's here. I'm going to help her, and and I thought that was pretty cool. Now. You know, the, the, we get the big argument, and, and look, obviously Barbara's trying to stay out of it as much as she can. I mean, this is between mother and daughter, and she says that, and, uh, you know, the mother wants, the, and again, the mother's been gone for 10 years and is now trying to tell her 16-year-old what to do. Yeah, that, that's going to go yeah, over it's, well. it's not going to ever work out well. And, and then there's that, like, just real subtle head nod from Barbara to, uh, to Dinah, go with your mother, right? And, and, and she does at least say she's going to go with her, but of course she, like any good budding superhero, disappears and goes to no man's land. Right. Like, like no one saw that one coming, right? Like, it just or, last week, though, I mean, sure, in the, in the terms of the show, it was more than a week ago, but you know, they had a teenager um, in Guy who got mad, and they said, oh, he'll just go blow it off in his room, and then he disappeared and ran away, and you know, the same thing happens again. So basically, they need to secure those bedrooms a little bit more. All right. Now, we, we only usually see him about once an episode, but what are, you, what are you thinking about Gibson? Yeah, he's funny. You know, you know strange, but he's kind of like a little – because a lot of times, like, for that the last line that we say in the po- – I say in the podcast, I try to find, like, a funny line. Yeah. And there really weren't any this show. Um, so Gibson was a welcome little relief from the – the, the tension of the, the, the plot as it is, because there really wasn't a lot of comedy going on otherwise. Well, you know, and, and like everybody else, he's, you know, just stunned to find out that Dinah's mother is Black Canary. And and, and Dinah's like, well, tell me about her. What do you know? And she's like, Mag-, he's using like uh, descriptors like, you know, magnificent, powerful, graceful, uh, tells her about bringing down the Hawk family and how heroic she was. And, and, and Dinah's eating it up. But also what comes out, and, and I, I really like the way the writers are handling this, the little love triangle, if you will, you know, between Gibson, Helena, and Reese. Yep. You know, yeah. which hasn't really gone anywhere, but you know he is just obsessed in love with her. Yeah, I think he's, you know, maybe kind of digging, uh, you know, Dinah a little bit. Maybe it's, it's I, you know, I don't know. Nah, I think he's yeah, still, yeah. yeah I, I think he's, I like, think any, Huntress it, is just inaccessible. He's got to know that, you know. Um, anything to do with Dinah, I think, is to get him closer to, uh, true, true, to her. But, 
Now, you know, Barbara, who, I mean, this was a very Dinah-centric episode, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, no question about it. So, you know, we see Barbara, but but not a whole lot. You know, tells Helena that, you know, her mother and Canary never really got along, that it was a cat-bird thing. Yeah, that was which, funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think one of the really turning points was was towards the end, you know, when she gives Dinah her own communications earpiece oh yeah that was big yeah. and you know so she was just asking for the keys to the car right and you get right. the keys to the car plus you're in kid you're yeah. official now so yeah i mean really i mean it's it's their equivalent of the military insignia i guess if you will and uh you know again i thought that was really really cool now helena uh you know we, we talked about taking her under the wing but you know we see her in a couple situations with reese in this episode, which again, I you look obviously, I'm a self avowed shipper. I've said that how many times, but Loads. I really like the way they're handling this as as well. It's like the the two of them, they're like two boxers dancing around, you know, throwing these little baby punches, not really doing any damage because they're both afraid to take a chance. I like how I you think, like equate like the sexual tension with boxing like the violence well, I mean, and I sex think together just, it's very american of you okay well just dancing around the ring i mean you know it's, it's if you go in and start throwing punches you set yourself up for that one big blow when you're off balance and neither of them's willing to do that and you know it's almost you know she kind of says the word she's upset because reese hasn't asked her out yet Right and, right, and Reese is always like, oh, I don't even know who you are, blah, 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 blah. Right, you know, right, so right, you're, right. You're right. It's two people who are very guarded, and at the end of this, we find out why Reese is so guarded. Yeah, how uh, about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just two people who are not want to allow other people into their lives easily, and so, you know, they're, they're not willing to, as you would say, like, go for the big you know, punch or, or stick their neck out or, or reach their hand out further than they can withdraw it and a right. million other cliches. Right. Well, he's kind of playing her game. You know, she, she asks about the body and the knife and the ribs and he's, you know, pretty much reticent to release anything about that. But, um, he, she finally comes and tells him, you know, that she knows Al Hawk's involved and basically asks him for help. And she even tells you, you, you look, you know how hard it is for me to be here asking you for help. He does help her, right? He tells her if Al Hawk is holding right. your friend. If if he were holding someone, then this is where it would be. And right. We as the police have not gone to this place because, well, you know, just, I don't know, think of some reason why. But Yeah, so uh, she gives him a ring, <laughs> which right. I thought I, it was great. Yeah. Does this mean we're going like, steady? Exactly. Yeah. It's like high school, kind of like put it around your necklace or something. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah. And then a little, you know, hand touching action, not, not really holding hands, but, but just again, I, yeah, you know, there, there was definitely one point there where you, where you thought that they might actually kiss at this point. There was a couple right. points during the show where it came very close, but, you know, again, they're still uh, not willing to take that shot. Right. And, uh, you know, it'll be. I'm really interested to see where this goes. I mean, they're throwing out lines like tonight. You know, you're you're going to need me sometime. And she says, "Well, maybe I'll want to be there." And you know that that's about as forward as Huntress is going to get. Um, but she gives him the ring, explains that you know if you you want to get in touch with me, here's how you do it. 
And as he says, well, I guess a phone number is just too simple. Yeah. I'm not a simple girl. Right. Yeah, that was a good line. I actually wrote that one down. There. Um, but but yeah, like this whole for them, uh, this whole usual act of dating and and you know being interested in someone is just much more complicated because of you know their I, for her i can't say profession but just you know what they do what they what their lives are like right and and i mean i think that's at the heart of carolyn lance aka black canary her issue with her daughter becoming a superhero i mean she's trying to dissuade her from that life she says it will wear you down and and we've talked about that i mean the first four episodes have kind of been about uh the women trying to have normal lives and and they can't right well that's impossible when you go out at night to fight crime it's yeah yeah can't can't happen can't work no and you know it's a very tense uh relationship between carolyn and barbara tells basically tells her to to uh, i'm sorry between uh Carolyn and Helena tells her to butt out, you know, you're the daughter of a thief. Just stay away from my daughter. The last thing she needs is your influence. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That I guess because they just met too. Like, yeah. Just like but, she met, just gets all in their face. Right. But I guess she knew, you know, Batman and Catwoman and I guess Catwoman was the thief. Yeah. Right. So. That doesn't mean she's a bad person though. I mean, come on. Right. Oh, I know. Uh, but then she asks, Barbara, if she regrets the life she leads since it cost her the use of her legs. And, and, you know, she says, it's not what I want for her. And so you get where she's coming from. You know, it, it's not an easy life, but, uh, you know, they come to the, you know, the whole cliche, you know, well, it's not for you to decide. It's her choice, what she wants to do with her life and all of that. And I guess she's right. Yeah, which... Yeah, again, the parent in normal circumstances, the parents probably going to say, "Let the kid find their way. Let the kid do and be what they want. Let them explore their their own path." Uh, but um, Carolyn's having none of that. Yeah, right. And I mean, I guess it's it's apropos that that she gets uh, Carolyn gets taken by the Hawk family. Uh, they have that little collar thing that prevents her from doing her canary cry. And then they're basically squeezing her with this, you know, some sort of pulley device. Yeah. He's like, have you ever seen a boa constrictor squeeze a person to death? I'm like, no. Has really anyone? Are you kidding me? Like, where did you see that happen? You know, again, very fitting that Dinah plays an integral role in saving her mother's life and at least temporarily because... You know, then, you know, you, you, look, anytime you start seeing gasoline being leaked on the floor, yeah. I think we all know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. And, that, exactly. and you know, for a while there, I wasn't certain that Carolyn died in the fire, but that's sort of what they're implying, right? Well, they're implying it, definitely, but... You're not buying it. Uh, well, I, I, like, I don't know if we'll see her again, but I think they were probably leaving that option open that should they want to bring her back, that they could. Okay. Well, the one thing that I did run across, uh, gosh, it was probably about two weeks ago when we were getting ready to do this episode, that that the daughter, it's almost like the, the mantle of Black Canary was passed down from mother to daughter. 
Yeah, that's what I said so, in Project right, X, remember? Right. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to, I guess that's perhaps the idea if we're going to, uh, if she's going to remain dead, because when is dead dead? Yeah, sometimes very rarely. All right. Now, uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago, perhaps the biggest reveal in tonight's episode. That Al Hawk is Reese's father. Did not see that coming. I didn't. And I, I was like a little mad at myself because I kind of should have. I mean, it makes so much. I guess that's the, the sign of good writing is when you go back and think like, oh, now, you know, why is Reese obsessed with this case? Why does he know where Al Hawk keeps his victims? Right. Uh, why is he so adamant about Helena not getting involved? Um, now, bam, there yeah. you go. Right, and, and he even gets us for maybe 10 or 15 seconds. He tells him, you know, uh, go take care of your mother. It's like, okay, fine. And then the whatever, dad. Yeah. Oh, what, like, what he uh, said, the mother thing you didn't catch? Because, I mean, like. Well, as, I mean, it, it wasn't definitive. Was, right, but as that scene was progressing, um, because I get you're like, why? Why is he here? Why is what is such a, like? Because I, I guess we would normally assume that there was some case from his past that he's still obsessed about that Al Hawk kind of like got out of or something like that, and that's. But then when he shows up in the hospital, I'm like, why is he in the hospital room? That doesn't, you know. So the the I, I grant he wants to sit there and kind of gloat over the guy a little bit, but it seems like out of character for Reese. Um, and then somewhere in there, like right when he, I guess like right when he said, you know, about his mother, I'm like, oh no, you know, that's why I was like, ah, oh, dude, he's his, he's his father. But then, like you said, even at that point, it wasn't definitive until the guy's like, whatever, dad, you know, and then yeah. it becomes definitive. Yeah. Now you know, we've talked all along about this being just a fun show, and and you mentioned a couple minutes ago that that it was difficult to find a funny line in this episode, and that, and that's one of the things that I really appreciated is that it was a fairly dark episode, and that it really wasn't. I mean, you know, the light moments came at at the bar with Gibson and his obsession with Helena, but uh, you know, for the most part, it was you know pretty serious about you know tr coming to terms with all of these relationships, these mother-daughter relationships, these mentor-student uh, relationships, and you know the sins of the mother passed down, and and you know I really like that. Now we don't necessarily want to see that every week, but you know for for right now, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, they they do a pretty good job of dealing with like actual human things, you know, in though it's a superhero show um you know the, the problems they deal with on a daily basis are very human and somewhat kind of banal to some degree you know like oh i want this guy to like me i i want to i want to be in a relationship with this guy but i don't know how and it's complex because i got a tough job and he's got a tough job or dealing with you know my mother abandoned me when i was six and i'm super pissed off at her and then she shows up and now she's all concerned about me and on the one hand i miss my mother so desperately and i've had have done since i was six years old but on the other hand i'm so angry i'm just conflicted between these two things and then you know barbara has got like these these girls these are my my you know my mentees and these i'm supposed to keep them safe but also in order for them to learn they have to get out there and you know get in the muck and and do the dangerous things and just all these things wrapped up it's yeah it's really good like that yeah i agree 
All right, now, look, we, we've mentioned, I don't know how many times, the similarities between this and the Arrow universe that, that's currently uh, airing on the CW. And, and one of the things that, look, if you're an Arrow fan and you haven't taken the time to watch Birds of Prey, now I'm not sure why you're listening to the podcast if you haven't watched the show, but, right. <laughs> you know, but if, although, to be quite honest, I, look, we talked about when we used to listen to the... Uh, uh, the Hex, the Hex yeah. podcast, and we, we didn't even watch. All, we didn't watch hardly any of the shows they talked about. It was still entertaining. It was, but but the Clock Tower, yes, which was where in, in Arrow, which was where Sarah Lance had held hold, hold up. Correct? Yeah, yes. You know, and and obviously, you know, we've got the Clock Tower here. I even ha- found a picture of Dino with the Clock Tower in, in the background, and I put that up on uh, a Twitter. Uh, post the other day uh, directing it to Arrow fans. See anything you recognize? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I think. Look, I don't see how Arrow fans would not enjoy this show. Yeah, they okay. should. It's you know, it's not as dark as Arrow, and yeah, you know, I mean, Arrow. Let's face it, is a really, really well written show, and uh, Birds of Prey is pretty well written. It's you know, not necessarily to the degree of Arrow, but it's you know, it's it works. Yep. But it's much lighter. It's definitely not as heavy as as Arrow is for sure. Yep. So, all right. Any uh, final thoughts? Okay. Well, one thing. So the guy who played Al Hawk. Yeah. Where do we know him from, dude? He's been in so much stuff. <laughs> you know, he's like guy that you're like I know I've seen him before, and then you go and you look on IMDb and you realize. Well, you've definitely seen him before. You just can't remember any one thing because he's been in like one show in almost every series imaginable. I mean, he was on Fringe. He was on just all kind, but it's it's never for any like sustained part, you know. So it's just one episode he's on. But he's been working since like the fifties. Like his uh-huh. IMDb page is sick. It's I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a a, a list as long. Wow, as his it's it's crazy. But I picked out. What I thought was the most notable, because I didn't even know this existed. But so Stephen McHattie is the character, uh, the I'm sorry, the actor. And Stephen McHattie played not just in part one, but also in part two of the Don Cherry story. Now, the only Don Cherry I know of is a jazz trumpet player. No. I'm guessing that's not, not who that we're talking her. about. My, the people, if there's anyone listening to us in Canada, they totally know. And they're probably like... Oh, he was in the Dungeons. oh the hockey coach. Yeah, oh. the hockey coach. Yeah, and he was an announcer. Uh, he probably, I think, he still does uh, do hockey night in Canada. But when I up in Scope in Buffalo, um, if we turned the aerial just right, we could pull in some Toronto stations. And uh, my one uh, roommate and teammate, who's a Canadian, loved ho- would never miss hockey night in Canada, and uh, Don Cherry. So, uh, yeah. wow, he's eighty. Don Cherry's eighty. Yeah, yeah, I, he was he was old back then. It's hilarious. So they, he had a, I, I mean, two different miniseries. Like they had, there's a part one and part two, his life story. Both of them are like two part miniseries. Made in like 2010, 2012 or something. Oh, wow. Don Cherry, the trumpet player, is dead, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he actually played what was called a pocket trumpet, which was kind of like this little tiny trumpet. He was awesome. Okay. Anyway, we digress. We digress. So anyway, but you know, he's definitely like. I mean, the minute I saw him, I'm like, 
I've seen that guy in a million things, but I could could never remember any one thing that I've seen him. Though now maybe I'm going to have to see if I can get my hands on the Don Cherry story because I really want to. I actually read Don Cherry's autobiography, believe it or not. It's called oh. Grapes. It was oh. it was very funny. Okay. Why why was it called Grapes? Because that was his nickname when he was a player. Oh, oh I get it. Cherry, Cherry Grapes, Grapes, right. Yeah. The hockey oh. players don't necessarily have super imaginative nicknames for each other. Right. So, yeah. And Lori Lachlan was the, uh, played Carolyn Lance. And she's oh, been right. in, also has an equally impressive CV on IMDb. Yeah. Okay. And both of them are still working. You know, like there's, I think they're, they're still up to date. They're still appearing in stuff. All right. All right. Well, listen, uh, you know, we'll be back next time to talk about episode six. And, uh, you know, maybe on the back burner here, we'll, uh, talk about taking a peek at assassin's tale which i have gotten a copy of and will obviously loan it to you so you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com check out the website fatalist.podbean.com where you can also leave us a voicemail uh you can click on the green tab on one of the sides of the page yeah yeah just yeah, right whatever look around keep tabs on twitter where i've been trying to you know post a little bit more often find some interesting photos that relate and you know there aren't a lot of photos out there in fact there's not a whole lot of information out there about birds of prey you know i think it 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 probably just predated the internet explosion by just a a a little bit yeah um who knows if you know had had it you know gone a little bit later what you know maybe if it maybe it would have caught on yeah who knows but uh or as most of you are probably already doing access us through itunes but until next time dave i couldn't find a pen but i'm thinking this tattoo gun should do the trick <laughs>